I hear you freaks miss our cold opens. Is this something that you're hearing as well, Matt? I miss the cold opens. I don't know about the freaks. I do too. Well, the cold opens got ruined due to this this virus and the uh, forced separation here. Uh, I used to sneak up the cold opens on you when we were in person. You wouldn't know I had hit record. But now we can't do that. We have to coordinate when we hit record on our separate devices. And yeah, otherwise you won't get my track if you just fucking ninja record on yeah, me. That's one, uh, one con of remote uh, recording. No ninja launches. How about those yams, Marty? Have you been farming the yams this week? Oh, my gosh. What is all this shit, man? Yams. Yams. I mean, this situation particularly just highlights how stupid all this shit is. Like, what the fuck is yield farming? I mean, I understand it. I get the concept. Do you? I think so. It's. Can you explain it to me in the freaks? It's layered financial uh, productization that is attempting to get token holders of these DeFi protocols yield in some fashion. I believe in yams. There was a, a, a governance aspect to uh, staking the yams. Who pays the yield? Well, yes, exactly. The the, the greater fool pays the yield, um, and that's so the new money pays the yield. I don't know. If, Exactly. I mean, maybe not directly within this protocol, but within these cascading DeFi blowups, the new money Do provides. Do they the make yield. it intentionally confusing to understand to try and lure more money into it? I mean, it's been a project. But Is it predatory? <sighs> it's very controversial to say that it is. Is it predatory or is it experimental? And are we bad people for discouraging this type of experiment i will go i don't is hex predatory yes i would i would vent so what's the difference i don't think there is a difference but i'm just trying to steal man the argument in my head why yams why not why not just take it to its most absurd level and have people say they're collecting yams it's there's no there's no rhyme or reason like other yams than... yams are like... There's no rhyme or reason other than to just get yield out of unsuspecting retail investors. I don't know. I haven't... Fa- and you know what? Maybe... There's one common misconception that I want to clear up here since yams are in the news. People have been calling them veggies. I'm pretty sure they're legumes. Aren't they legumes? I have no idea. Potatoes are legumes. They're not vegetables. Doesn't that make them more kids? Or yams. Yams are related to potatoes, right? I I think so. Also called or sweet potatoes, right? Or is that a different? Is that a different legume? I, I think know. sweet potatoes are legumes, not vegetables. Right? Are beans legumes? Are they legumes too? Yeah, beans are legumes. Yeah, so I'm like pretty sure. They all fall in the same family. Do you think we're gonna have a beans token? We probably already have a bean prob- Yes. Just think of a token that's already been created. And if not, it will be. So to the freaks to the freaks who have no idea what we're talking about, God bless you. That's great. I'm I'm you you live in the best timeline. But over this weekend, over the last four days or so, maybe even less, there's a new DeFi token 
DeFi standing for decentralized finance on Ethereum came out called Yams that had some kind of Ponzi mechanics that I don't quite understand, to be honest. Uh, and there was like a rebase mechanism so it could keep pumping. So you, people would buy in and then it just blew up. There was like a bug and it blew up and it went from like 60 million market cap to zero in like an hour. It got, uh, it got Arthur Hayes involved. Um, so let me, let me read the messages here. And yes, you asked the question, is it intentionally confusing? You asked that earlier. I would say, yes. Like it, it, like this whole project, Ethereum and then ICOs and now this DeFi craze built on top of it is projected itself into uh, the popular sphere with Technobabble. And there's no... Yeah, so Yam is a legume. Okay. I looked it up for the freaks. So there was a government's proposal submitted. Uh, the project Yam Finance was urgently investigating a potential flaw that would prevent proposal execution, and they strongly advise exiting the Uniswap Yam slash YCRV pool prior to rebase at 8 a.m. UTC. <laughs> So they gave people 35-minute warning. That's who we sent out 35 minutes before that 8 a.m. UTC. And then the concern is the same as before. The YCRV accumulated in these reserves during rebase (laughs) is at risk of being stuck in governance if governance cannot pass proposals. None of this matters, Marty. None of this matters. It's like... For, like, I... My thoughts on the Ethereum project are very clear if you've been reading my newsletter and listening to this podcast for the last three years i think it is i think our, our boy arbed out uh, was the first to utter this sentence but i think ethereum is the next theranos uh just a project built on techno babble and future promises and i mean this conversation rolls into the whole supply gate thing too that's been going on for the last week uh where well before we get to that yeah, but like before we get, I'm getting it. Let's just close out yams. Yeah, it's, it, it's a, before we start running the numbers on on the free. A DeFi here. project that was using some quote unquote Ponzi nomics to help people yield, uh, farm yield, yield farming, whatever they call it, uh, using very opaque and weird terms. Uh, basically, it's it's people. Who, who have a close intimate knowledge of the teams building these things and uh, the people building Ethereum get in early. They, they hype it up. They've, Hey, we'll give it to them to their credit. They've made uh, systems that make it very easy to, to trade this stuff and attempt to uh, farm yield from this stuff. But I don't think it provides much utility at the, at the end of the day. I don't see how it's helping humanity. So, I mean, the reason I brought up this bullshit is because I'm getting very much, I think the theme on this podcast has been 2016 vibes. I'm getting 2016 vibes right now. And what that means to me is I think Yam is like the tip of the iceberg. I think we're going to see more of these schemes. Uh, I guess there was something right before Yam, like Ampleforth or something like that. And then Yam 
was like a derivative of that. They, you know, came came from that. It was evolved. It had a funnier name attached to it. So I expect that we're going to start seeing more and more of this bullshit to the point where we'll hit a point where we just think we're crazy that we're the only ones who don't understand it, which because that's the point I hit in like mid-2017 where I was just like, I think maybe I'm the idiot in the room. Like I got to that point. I was like, this does not make any sense to me. This is just completely, complete bullshit. I have no idea what the fuck I know, is going on. I know that feeling very well, Matthew. And I know some of you freaks out there may have that feeling as well. Just know deep down your intuition is correct. You can use the simple heuristic in this space that most things are scams until proven otherwise. And uh, Ethereum and what they're doing has done nothing uh, to prove otherwise in my mind. And we can roll this into the supply gate talk where that's been the case for the last seven days that <laughs> the meme masters, Michael Goldstein and Pierre Rochard, have asked the, sim- auditors in charge. the auditors in charge have asked a simple question uh, has anyone run the numbers and can you show me the numbers more importantly individually without pointing to a website and uh, Matt how would you describe the situation for freaks that are listening that may be unaware of what has unfolded on Twitter um, so if you run a Bitcoin node if you use your own Bitcoin node Uh, which is very resource nimble. It's very user-friendly and accessible to run a Bitcoin node, considering that it's a global distributed financial network. Um, You can easily calculate the Bitcoin supply at any given time, how much total Bitcoin exists out there. It turns out that that's not the case with Ethereum. And it's twofold. Not only is it extremely difficult to run a full Ethereum node, um, they have pretty much, I guess it's threefold. They pretty much disregarded end users running one. So they have no easy to use, uh, GUI clients, graphic user interfaces. It's all command line. Uh, and even once you accomplish both those goals, you're running this resource heavy node, uh, you're using command line. There's still no way to easily verify how much, how much total Ethereum there is. Sites like Coinmetrics um, have to do all this math themselves. Uh, and who knows what calculations sites like CoinMarketCap and Coinbase and whatnot are using. Because uh, a lot of people are presumably just adding up what the expected amount should be. How many blocks there have been, you know, how much, how much Ether supply should be there without actually verifying the number. Uh, and the most alarming thing to me of the whole weekend, a seemingly very simple question, how much total One of the simple, simplest questions that should be like a given with these systems. Was Vitalik linked to CoinMarketCap, an historically garbage site that is now owned by CZ. So his, his response was to link to fucking coin market cap to check the supply, which just to be like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but like you shouldn't use coin market cap for anything, let alone to verify the supply of whatever fucking currency you're using. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's part of the beauty of what this whole supply gate 
saga has has really I'm getting uh I'm getting interrupted by by my better half. What's going on, babe? Apparently we had to watch the Winklevi and Dave Portnoy. That's uh Oh, they're shilling chain link apparently to Dave Portnoy. So yes, uh, Matt, you're cr- you heard it here first, freaks. Your uh, your your prediction that things are only going to get crazier from here on out sounds good. Um, but none of us were ready. No, even if you thought you were. No, going back to uh, supply, I mean, it just really highlighted the fact and an argument that many Bitcoiners have been making for years is that. The Ethereum project does not care about the first principles necessary for assuring that these systems will provide sufficient usability and, and be sufficiently decentralized at some point in the future. They hand waved about everything. Well, we don't actually need to know the actual supply. Uh, like we we don't know how much inflation there will be in the long run, and nobody could confirm it. Like the cross footing is the favorite my favorite part of this whole saga right now is nobody has been able to run these scripts that Pierre paid for. Shout out to Pierre for contributing to Ethereum open source (laughs) development. And nobody's been able to use the scripts using their own full node to produce at the X block height. There were this many ETH in circulation. Like that still has not happened. Like these, data sites have not even done that from what i understand like they could easily partner up and say like, hey, here's what we're seeing in our full node using these well, scripts coin metrics does something right because they discovered a bunch of hidden inflation on different chains yeah and that's the question here is there hidden inflation on ethereum you you honestly it is becoming glaringly yeah, obvious the irs and the dea can tell with the tools that coinbase sold them why do you think that I don't know. They they probably could tell the majority of users as well. Let alone, they could probably get them to supply down to individual users. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. But that's the problem, right? The whole point is the reason these systems are trust minimized is because to interact with the protocols, you have to use a node to interact with them. If you're using someone else's node, then you're inherently trusting whoever is running that node. If you're using your own node and you're verifying with your own node, then you're able to minimize that trust level significantly, even if you can't, you know, actually read the code or whatnot. Yeah. You know, there's still some trust involved, obviously, you know, if you're not, you know, auditing the code yourself, but um, you you can use like web of trust S models, you know, a bunch of people have, have looked at the code and, and you know that it's the same code they've looked at. So you you have that going for you. Yeah. And then, so if you're running a node right now, you can go to Bitcoin-CLI and type in get TX outset info. And it may take a couple minutes, depending on what your hardware is, how your interconnect, internet connection is. But uh, at the end of that calculation, it will return uh, information, the height, the best block, uh, transactions, the amount of transactions, transaction outs, uh, baga size, hash serialized, disk size, and then the final thing is the total amount. And uh, Michael 
super easy. Michael Goldstein tweeted uh, tweeted his screenshot of of running that. That's why I think it's beautiful about Bitcoin. Like the the mountain men showed up in his uh, in his mentions uh, with replies, and if you if you look closely, you'll see people who produced the results of get uh, get tax transaction outset info uh it lined up same block you, had the same exact you don't total even have amount to use cli you don't even have to use cli in in the gui you can go to console and you can type it in there too yes if you want. that as well um and it your internet speed doesn't matter it's just the hardware of, of whatever you're running your node yeah. on so if we're looking at first principles of these protocols super easy it is obvious that that bitcoiners are actually doing the work and in, in verifying information in far greater scores than Ethereum. Like you had some of the Ethereum main developers haven't even been able to produce uh, an example of them querying this data from their node. Yeah, you know, uh, the Bitcoin plebs, just in that one tweet thread from Michael Goldstein, I think there's like at least 20 or 30 who were able to, to prove that within minutes. And that should really highlight uh, the divergence in uh belief and first principles between these these two projects i hate that we're focusing so much I'm on this i'm sub- i've just just been front-loaded ethereum we haven't even gotten to the ads yet should uh i'm just before we get to that i'm just surprised that like none of the shit coiners have really capitalized on it like i assume it's probably pretty easy to verify tron supply or any of these other garbage tokens right like i'm surprised that they're not uh I, I expected I expected the competing shitcoins to start coming at um, Ethereum for it. Well, do you think any of those other alternatives actually have uh, enthralled user bases that are doing this stuff, that are running the nodes? Well, supposedly it's relatively simple to do on Monero. Fluffy uh, grandstanded about it. That was the only one I saw, though. I didn't see anyone else. I didn't see any other altcoins, shitcoins do it. It should be easier for, like, the litecoins of the world, which are just forks of Bitcoin and should have this. Yeah, I mean, litecoin, I just assume it's the same exact command, right? Yeah, I would imagine. That'd be pretty sad if they can't do it, considering it's just, like, a one-to-one clone. Just multiply everything by four and divide uh, <laughs> divide the block time by four. Genius! <laughs> It's groundbreaking. Okay, should we should we hit the freaks with the ad read? Should we hit him with it, or should we slap him with it? I'm going to slap you in the face with a good friend called Unchained Capital. You freaks should already know all about them, but if you don't know about them, let's talk about them a little bit. Unchained is providing you freaks uh, with Bitcoin financial services with security in mind. Security is always on top of the mind on top of the minds of the great people, our great friends working at Unchained Capital. Uh, this plays out in their product suite, specifically with their Volts product, which allows you to engage in a two of three multi-sig quorum with Unchained, which uh, gives you the power to hold two keys yourself, whether it be on a Trezor or a Ledger or a combination of the two. Uh, so you can always move your UTXOs out of the vault without Unchained needing to do anything. But if you're ever in a pinch and you only have one key on you and you need to move some UTXOs, Unchained is there to sign that second key in the two or three multi-sig quorum. On top of that, they have their collateralized loan program, which allows you to keep your Bitcoin in a multi-sig wallet, which you can uh, track 
and hold a key to track to make sure they're not rehypothecating anything. Uh, you put Bitcoin up as collateral, you get US dollar liquidity sent straight to your bank account in the same day. Uh, product suite is expanding. They got an OTC desk. Last I checked, right now it's in Texas, California, and Illinois, but they do plan on expanding. If you know institutional investors in those states looking to buy big chunks of Bitcoin, uh, Unchained has their OTC desk open and they are taking orders. Uh, so go check this out. Uh, all of their open source contr contributions as well, which is Caravan, open source there, Multisig Quorum, Hermit, Slip39, their blog series. Go to www.unchained-capital.com. That's www.unchained-capital.com. And then when you're done peeping those products out, go check out our friends at the motherfucking Cash App. You should know all about them. All right. They're helping making sats the standard. We're stacking whole sats. Whole Satoshis, not fractions of a Bitcoin. We're big boys now. Big boys and girls. We're stacking whole sats, not fractions of Bitcoin. And you can do that via the Cash App. It's the easiest way to do that, actually. Buy sats, sell sats, send sats, receive sats. Remember, I said send sats. So make sure you're sending sats to your personal custody when you are comfortable, when you're willing to take your sovereignty, your financial sovereignty, particularly into your own hands. On top of that... If you're getting into the stonk market, Cash App Investing is allowing you to do that. You can stack slivers of stonks. You don't have to buy a whole stonk anymore. You can buy as little as $1 if they're a little out of your price range. Because all this is connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting period. You can start stacking sats and slivers of stonks today. Cash App Investing is a subsidiary of Square, member SIPC. As always, as always, make sure Oh, you use the code stacking sats. Oh my gosh, freaks. That's stacking sats, one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. I just had an owl land next to me. This is very telling because when you download the Cash App and you use the code stacking sats, you're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. What was that, Owl? Woo! 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 This Owl's happy. Use the code stacking sats. Download the Cash App today, and thank you for helping us bring back the, the, the mid-roll ad reads. Matt? That was the first one it's in quite a while. That's a mid roll. I'm, That's a mid roll. I'm, 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 I'm against mid rolls. This is like a, it's like the first quarter roll. Yes. Or something. Yes. Freaks, let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, I just which you prefer. Can we just comment on how I just crushed those ad reads one take on the spot? You were like, Dude, you, you were just like perfect. read the ads. So I was like, boom, done. Dude, fucking an owl landed in the video at the same time as it was happening. I don't even know how you pulled that fucking off. I've got, I've got. Aren't they nocturnal? Does that owl have rabies? No, no, no. It's um, it's up a little early t tonight. Uh, early bird gets the worm. That's the uh, the quote, right? So this one's trying to get the it's worm. True. And yeah, I've got, I've got like some nature vibes going down here being living on this island for for months i feel like i'm becoming more attuned with nature i can speak to the owls and they speak my language they hear me owl hooting on this deck and they say hey i like that guy he sounds like me what was that dr doodle dr doolittle dr doodle yes um there you go yeah that was a that was an interesting era of eddie murphy movies dr doodle uh the nutty professor god i think was another one um so is Portnoy, your lady mentioned that Portnoy is, just posted a video with the Gemini twins, the Winklevi twins, the Gemini twins. They may be Geminis too. That would be, that would be, uh, that'd be very meta. 
Yeah, so do we think you want to you want to bet on whether or not he launches his own token by the end of the year? Apparently, he asked if he could, and I would bet uh, on the yes that will happen. I wouldn't be surprised. My guess is probably no, because it's just easier to just pump other shit. But maybe we shall see. We shall see. The Baron of Bitcoin is what he's calling himself. That's there you go. They showed up. Yeah. He'll be pumping Chain Lake earlier next next week. Maybe even tomorrow. We'll see. Welcome Davy Page Views to the to the weird and dirty corner of crypto trading. Um I wonder if he realized he had a Gemini account yet. I bet they made him aware of it. Like, oh wow. It'd be funny if he realized when they were, he was trying to sign up like on air. It's like trying to sign up. It's like you already have an account. Incorrect password. <laughs> we'll see. We'll watch that video after we wrap up here and I post this. It's actually one like I love that we got the add in mid roll. I don't have to record it after and then add it all. It makes this so much easier. So hoping that you there freaks you like this. And I bet that you'll like that we're gonna check out Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard. Which is running the numbers. the numbers. Clark is running the numbers. All right. Right now, the. Well, actually, it's a little bit unfair. He's running the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Clark's running the numbers. Um, we should really be running these numbers ourselves instead of relying on Clark's numbers. Clark, have you open sourced this, this template and we could just plug in our node in our Lightning node? That would be pretty yeah, sweet. Let's get Clark's dashboard on my node. I was thinking this earlier. Right? That would be so dope. I was thinking this earlier. So that would highlight acutely highlight the the beauty of the mountain men running their own nodes if you had what are essentially mirror sites of the same data like across the web but they're pulling it from different people's nodes and they're presenting the same exact data or very similar data depending on how that node estimates some things uh but like formatted the same yeah you just be like look you can cross verify these people are running the numbers and they're all their numbers are saying the same thing. That's a good sign. That would be pretty cool. Speaking of the numbers, so give us the, yeah, I got to give the numbers. Yeah, give us the, low the price. Of the numbers. Price right now is at uh, 11,538, but be careful. Matt was bullish before going to bed last night. So he thinks we're going to tank here. Uh, you're going to get <laughs> 8,667 sats per dollar right now. I'm too bullish, Marty. I'm too bullish. GBTC. Trying to hedge my bullishness. GBTC premiums, 18.2%. Seems to be climbing last week. Bitcoin priced in gold. Right now, you can get 5.9 ounces of gold per Bitcoin, and that's 1.69% uh, of the total market cap of gold. Uh, we're at Blockheight, 643,573. The next difficulty adjustment will be in 1547 blocks and right now it's estimated to be on august 24th in the upward adjustment of around nine percent blocks are currently coming in at nine minutes and ten seconds during this difficulty epoch uh quicker than the 10 minute target as you can tell uh currently the clark's mempool has 19,418 transactions uh the Fees versus reward uh, over this epoch has been 12.404%, excuse me, staying uh, setting steadily above 10% for the last few weeks, if I, my memory serves me correctly. 
the Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity is currently 1,304.18 Bitcoin. It's pumping. It's pumping. It was like 1-1 last week, right? I think it's a 200 Bitcoin growth. It just keeps going up every time I check. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Good to see. Yeah. So that's... uh, that's Clark's dashboard, unless you have anything else you want to look at. Um, what are you drinking, Marty? Is that a Peroni in your hand? It's a Stella. It's a Stella Artois. Stella Artois. A Stella. Uh, can you tell the freaks how to pronounce what I'm drinking? All right. Let me pull your video up. Alshintoshin. Alshintoshin. Alshintoshin? Alshintoshin? Alkintoshin? Oshintoshin. Oshintoshin? Oshintoshin? I don't know. Oshintoshin. It's delicious. Oshintoshin. Where'd you get that? Single malt from Scotland. It's delicious. It's got a really good bottle pop, too. I can tell. You, you, you're you going to beat that bottle pop to death. You've been getting... You've been getting it's my only sound effect. You've been getting compliments you know, on the some, bottle pop. You've been trying to do more and more. Some podcast hosts have like a, a switchboard, a soundboard, or whatever. I just have like four bottles of whiskey here, <laughs> and I just—that's my soundboard. Each one has a unique bottle pop. That's uh, that's uh, not a bad soundboard to have, not at all. It's analog. It's easy for me to verify the sound that's going to come out every time. Yeah, it's uh, it's automatically verified. You hear it for yourself. If a bottle popped in the woods. Would it make the same sounds? That's a question for Absolutely. the ages. 100%. All right, we've got a few shout-outs, and we'll get into the meaty topics of this episode. Oh, fuck yeah. The first one is, this is the end game. Upgrade your security every day, even a little bit. Get your Bitcoins or sats off the exchange. Use a hardware wallet. Upgrade to multi-signature. Learn to use PSBT. Get a dog. Get a gun. Print a gun. This is important. Please wake up before it's too late. A small step every day is important. So bullish. So bullish on you all. Also, I support Taproot from Anon. Fuck yes. I support everything in that in that uh, shout Yes, out. I do as well. Uh, Very passionate. Especially get a dog. I feel like that is, is under underappreciated in this space. Everyone should get a dog. What's, what's going to protect your gun? What's, yeah, what's exactly. good? I mean, d- dogs. Dogs are just really good in bear and bull markets. You know, they protect you in the bull market and they get you through the bear market. Because they're so cute. Yeah, because you come home and the dog doesn't say to you, you know, why are you bag holding that Bitcoin that's going to go to zero? It's a Ponzi scheme. And, like the dog's just like, I love you. I've never seen you before. I'm super excited that you're home. Yeah, I would like. Yeah, we're thinking about getting a dog. Dogs are never disappointed. Super loyal. Got to. Lo- I'm a dog. Got to respect loyalty. If you couldn't tell. Uh, definitely dog over cat maximalist here. Um. All right. Another shout out. Was asked in DMs. I deem this not an ad. Let me know what you think, Matt. Um, Sounds like an ad to me. They want me to read it in the first Continue. person. I do not. I cannot co-sign this. Because I haven't been to this site yet. What is up, freaks? It's your uncle. It's your boy, Uncle Marty here. I want you to go to BitcoinEnemies.com right now and check it out. What the fuck is BitcoinEnemies.com? You ask. It's a voice server with a small but tight community of people around the globe who chop it up on a regular on all things Bitcoin. Come on by, check it out. 
We're always happy to meet new people in the space. But girl, that shit. Big time. Satoshi kills a cat for every one of you that doesn't go to BitcoinEnemies.com. Do it now. Wait, Satoshi kills a cat? For every person that does not. That has wow. That fit this. really well because we were pro dogs, and now like cats are gonna die if you don't go to this. Yeah. Well, I don't think cats should die, even though I think dogs are better. Um, Bitcoin Enemies is a mumble server, so it's a talk server where you can have conversations with other Bitcoiners. Uh, it's run by a bunch of people in the Samurai Crew. I, I think it's you know definitely an, that was definitely an ad read. You think that so? Was, that was by all means an ad. Well, they're not selling a product. I don't think we. I guess they're yeah. It, they aren't selling a product. And but I mean, I co-signed the message. It's 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 a good it's a good chat room. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, so I couldn't. So I haven't been to Bitcoin Enemies yet. So I couldn't co-sign. I'm happy that you're willing to co-sign. I mean, I, I there should be like a disclaimer, like no actual cats are being killed. Obviously, Satoshi isn't real, so yeah. he can't kill cats if he's not real. PETA is like the ultimate hardcore SJW before SJWs existed. So it's important it's important to put the disclaimer in yeah, there. Yeah, PETA, please don't come down with any buckets of blood. We may, Sound boy. I was... People write what they write in the shout-outs. I am contractually obligated to read it if they pay the full amount. We're not. We're not. We can choose if we don't, if we don't read That's the shout-out. We'll return your money. Socially contracted. Um, my reputation is on the line. Um, breaking news, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris call for nationwide mandatory face mask. What are your thoughts, Matt? Was this a shout out? No, this is uh, just somebody. Do we have another shout somebody out? Somebody just dropped it in the telegram group above. Do we have a third shout out? No, we've only got two. Oh, you said a few. Uh, I meant, I think I said two, but that, uh, when I hear few, I think three, you're, that asshole American Hoddle was talking a big game like he was going to get drunk and buy a bunch of shout outs, but he didn't. So, all, uh, always, honestly, all hump, no red rocket. I, who would you? I bet you most of his screenshots are just photoshopped anyway. Uh, definitely. You know? Yeah. Like, if real Bitcoiners want to have poor OPSEC, they should sign a fucking message. Otherwise, like, it's just, it's just virtue signal. Yeah, show us the message. You LARP. Don't do it. LARP, don't do LARPer. It. Don't dox your address. <laughs> but I did call you out. We're fucking with you. Um, a little bit. I was expecting some shout outs. I'm not going to lie. I saw the tweets. I was like, ooh, am I going to say penis 50 times again? Or uh, are we actually going to get some substance here? And we got nothing. But we do have substance in our list today. There's a lot going on. I wrote about it yesterday. Uh, sorry for the clickbait. Uh, head, headline party. that scared some people, but you know, I got to get people to click. Uh, there was a malicious tour <laughs> exit note attack that was. You scared the shit out of people <laughs> with the headline. That was um, uh, the market was made aware of earlier this week. Apparently, at some point earlier this year, uh, malicious actors on the tour network were able to control something like 25% of exit nodes that were targeting Bitcoin mixing services and stripping. Uh, users who were jumping from Tor to ClearNet uh, versions of the website. They were stripping those users' HTTPS certs uh, down to HTTP, and this allowed the attackers to switch out some addresses and steal some, some Bitcoin from users attempting to use uh, these mixing services. Is that correct? So this, yes. This is, first of all, part of the reason why I try and make a delineation between coin join and mixing 
These, this is centralized mixing services. This is websites you go to. Okay, that's the first caveat. The second thing is, this is a known issue with Tor. We don't have that many exit nodes. Exit nodes are what allow a Tor user to go, leave the Onion network and go out into the regular internet, the clear net, as I'm going to continue to call it from this point forward. Um, so the problem with an exit node is it's literally a man in the middle of you and the website you're trying to access. You have to trust them um, for both privacy and security reasons. Now, some people will tell you if you if if it shows the HTTPS lock on the top, you're good. Uh, and in most situations, you probably are. But I think in general, there's too much opportunity for fuckery there. So basically, what they do in this situation is. If it's malicious, they degrade it from HTTPS down to just regular HTTP. Uh, and then from there, they can manipulate it. So they can manipulate the deposit address, which, by the way, people don't realize because in the centralized mixer, you're just sending your Bitcoin into the centralized mixing pool, and then they're sending you different Bitcoin. So they're giving you a deposit address. This same attack could happen if you use Tor and you were accessing Coinbase or some centralized exchange that was giving you a deposit address bitmax or something now most of these sites block tor exit nodes because they don't want you to use tor to access them but if they did that could happen um you also have a similar trust in vpns when you use a vpn but you have to realize that with vpns they have their reputation on the line like if they if they want to destroy their business they can do that uh but you also have like a company that you can sue or whatnot outside like legal means. Uh, this is one of the reasons why when you choose a VPN, you should choose one with a long track record and good reputation, uh, which is, you know, not necessarily foolproof, but it is what it is. There is a protocol that forces HTTPS, which is HSTS. Um, and the problem is, is that it doesn't enforce it on the first visit unless you're on this like preload list that's built into browsers and most sites aren't in the preload list. Okay, so there's like a bunch of nuance here. Fuck all that shit. <laughs> when it comes down to it, if you're using Tor browser, you should just not put any kind of real trust into sites that you access through ClearNet using Tor browser. That's the easiest rule of thumb you can go by. You should try and favor Onion sites most good Bitcoin sites offer an onion domain, which is a native Tor network domain that you can access without leaving the Tor network. Um, the, they have a new protocol, actually, where in Tor browser, if if they have an onion site, it broadcasts it in the in the browser bar. So you can just click and go to the Tor thing. It's important to realize that this does not affect services that have Tor built into them the way they function connecting to your own node, uh, CoinJoin tools like uh, Whirlpool and Wasabi, BISC. Um, these are staying within the Onion network. Lightning network, uh, these, these things are staying within the Onion network. Lightning network, if you're connected to ClearNet peers, it'll go through an exit node. Um, but that has separate authentication that's happening. So you're not, you're not at risk there. You're at, there's, a pri there's some privacy risk potentially, but not security risk. But so just in general, when you're using Tor Browser, 
you should be favoring onion sites. You should be going to onion sites. And if, if you are using it to act as a clear net site, you shouldn't be like using it for any mission critical things. Like if you're reading an article, it's no fucking big deal. But like you shouldn't like use it to sign into something important or or transfer Bitcoin. Yeah. And to piggyback on what you said at the beginning of that explanation, like it just highlights why people should be doing Chalmy and coin joins over these centralized mixing services. Just one highlight of why it well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why they should, mostly from a trust level of with the actual mixing services. But all the mixing services worth their salt have onion addresses. Like, you shouldn't be using the clearnet address. You should be using their onion address for it. But even so, they're, be- they're bigger honeypots, better, bigger attack. Oh, they're records. definitely honeypots, yeah. yeah. But I think that's, like, unrelated to this attack. This attack is a perfect example of... Well, they attacked, the in- they attacked broken these... Incentives. They attacked them directly, though, like... It was a honeypot for hackers to like hover over yeah, that. And exit the NSA code. probably runs one. You know, there's like they, a, a, a couple of them. They might run a couple of them. You know, uh, it, it 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 there's like plenty of trust reasons why you shouldn't use them. But but they do offer onion sites for you to use them. All the good ones offer onion sites, uh, and that and that's what you should use if you use it. I think it's more of it showcases more of the incentive problem with with Tor in general, where exit nodes, the reason we don't see many exit nodes is because they have a shit ton of liability attached to them. Uh, if, if you operate an exit node, anyone who connects to your exit node through Tor, whatever they browse, looks like it's coming from your IP address. Uh, so to take it to the natural extreme, if they're doing like terrorism or child porn or something, it will come from your IP address. So you end up with a very small subset of exit nodes and there's no real incentive to run one besides ideological reasons like freedom reasons or there's a direct incentive to run one if you want to fuck over the users that you're man in the middling, right? So it's like, it's literally a broken incentive. It's something that can't be fixed with a code patch. It's It's just... It is what it is. It's a it's a broken ass incentive. So economic incentives. The the payout of that attack is far greater than the expense to launch it, and then the expense to run the exit node doesn't really incentivize anybody to run yeah, one. And, and running an exit node is just pure liability on a good user. Yeah. But on a malicious user, there's so much money to be made that it's like. It, it just creates this horrible thing. And, like, the way the Tor Foundation has, like, tried to deal with it is, like, basically by, like, whitelisting and blacklisting nodes and centralizing. Like, even the guy who released the vulnerability, or not the vulnerability because it was known, but released this specific ta- attack specifics of, 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 this, of this group that he thinks is a single group that's doing the attack. I mean, one of the things he said is if you run a lot of Tor exit nodes, you should have to KYC your mailing address. <laughs> right? Like that's how they're trying to solve it. And it's uh, so it, it's 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 not good. It's not a, it's not a, a, a good situation. But like we said, like I said earlier, if you're staying within the onion, that incentive not does not apply. It's only if you go outside, if you go into normie Internet. Does this highlight like again, you're talking about like pure incentives of this network. Um, is Tor fatally flawed? Well, that's what I'm saying. 
Like it's only fatally flawed if you look at it from success means you have to be able to connect to the normie internet. You don't have those same liability concerns if you're running a relay node. There's two different types of nodes. There's three different types of nodes in uh, Tor. There's the entry node that gives you access to Tor. There's a relay node that just relays traffic with inside the Tor network. And then there's an exit node which lets you, after that traffic's been bounced off a bunch of hops, go into Normie internet, go into the clear net. Um, the relay node doesn't have nearly as much liability concerns, if, if anything at all. There's like pretty much, like they, they can tell you're running a relay node. So if it's illegal in your country, then there's liability. But if it's not, they don't know what traffic you're relaying or anything like that. So there's, there's very little liability on the relay nodes. The guard nodes don't have as much access. They just know what IP address you're connecting from to begin with. Uh, like the entry nodes, the nodes coming into the network. So they don't have nearly as much liability. They can just be run in freedom respecting countries. But the exit nodes is the major the major incentive breakdown there. So ideally, and Tor gets to a place where you don't even interact with the exit nodes because you're just using pure onion right. addresses. The best uses of Tor don't involve ClearNet in the first place. Mm-hmm. They still have... It's still not perfect. There's still, you know, concerns. Uh, you know, there's no direct incentive to run a Tor relay node, but uh, it gets the job done for the most part. Yeah. No, that's the the point I'm trying to get at here, and I alluded to in the newsletter too, because I've had conversation. Tor to me, and I admitted this in uh, yesterday's issue. I'm more, much more confident speaking about Bitcoin its network incentives and the potential success or failure in the future that I have Tor. I have used Tor, um, but not nearly as much as Bitcoin. Well, I use it in the background for a lot of the stuff I do, but don't interact with the browser directly as much um, as you have. And But that I always, like Tor is very interesting to me because people are very passionate both ways. Like it is uh, fatally flawed, and potentially a honeypot or it's the only the best option we got and, and we should be working to build this out and i tend to agree with the the latter statement of that where it's the best we got and we should improve it but it's a the, there's always that lingering question well, in my I mean, mind bitcoin's not perfect no but again i'm just speaking to it's the best we got i'm speaking to my ability to speak confident i'm more a, confident speaking about bitcoin than tour so i love having me too being able too. being able to bounce these questions off your well you're pretty competent with tour too i would say we don't have we it's not a tour podcast right no no it's a bitcoin podcast but like i said in that way more confident in yesterday's bitcoin. issue and i think you are probably the one who incited this idea in my head bitcoin and tours futures are, are very much intertwined to a degree right at least short to medium term yeah so it's definitely a project we should be rooting for. Uh, and we should be actively supporting it. You should at least be running a relay node. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to run an exit node. That's a massive liability. Yeah. And I am not running one. Yeah. So be aware, freaks. We, uh, we have linked to the breakdown of this attack um, in the show notes. So that's, uh, that's a little technical news. Did we, t- did we touch on this story last week? I know I wrote about it like last Wednesday. I don't know if we brought it up last week, but Mike, our strategies 
macro strategy to to invest <laughs> you in like Bitcoin. my title yeah micro strategy the micro strategy mic- macro strategy yeah so i mean i'm sure many of you freaks have heard already at this point we touched on it we touched on it last week uh at that point only a transcript of their quarterly earnings call had been released uh and in the call they, they said they were going to be diversifying some of their cash balance into other cash instruments outside of the u.s dollar mainly gold silver and bitcoin and it became apparent this week on Tuesday, I believe, uh, CEO Michael uh, Saylor came out and admitted, not admitted, announced that they, they had bought 21,454 Bitcoin. They spent, <laughs> they dropped 250 mil uh, to acquire 0.1% of, of the Bitcoin total supply, which is pretty insane. That's, that's a lot of Bitcoin going on a corporate yeah, I mean, balance sheet. Maybe you sheet. should have stacked sets instead. Well, that... I had this conversation yesterday. Well, that's he had to scale into that position over the course of a few months, I would imagine. You think you can? You, can, you think you can buy a block that big without? So they were buying it this quarter. I mean, I would imagine I mean, they it when they had to release it. I mean, just to deploy that type of capital into a scarce asset like Bitcoin, like it, it would be dumb to market by that much because of the slippage you would probably get on the trade. So I asked you this last week. But it was just speculation at that point because they were just, they like teased that they were thinking about buying Bitcoin. Um, How is this different from Long Island blockchain? It kind of feels similar. No, I mean, it's... When Long Island Ice-T pivoted to Long Island blockchain and bought a bunch of miners. I mean, it's similar in the sense that... What did they, did they buy Dragon Mints? What did they buy again? I don't know. I forget what they bought. Yeah, T1s, Dragonman T1s. Is that a thing? I think so. Um, I forgot they actually bought miners. They did buy miners and they were my mi- I see so part of this is like 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 macro my micro strategy whatever this fucking company is and supposedly they're like they're a company. They're a real company. Um like people I Bitcoiners I know have done business with them and they were like surprised they did it. They've been around for a while. They got a stock price pump on it, right? Because it's not a true Bitcoin ETF. So if there's if there's a publicly traded ticker that's holding $250 million worth of Bitcoin, it get, it's like you get the Bitcoin exposure premium, right? That GBTC gets. Um on your on your stock right so it it does kind of reek a little bit of desperation more so than ballsiness to me you know like people are like this guy's really ballsy but to me it's like kind of a cheap trick to pump your price a little bit (sighs) would you not agree i agree to an extent but there's more skin in the game with this trade like he's actually got the assets sitting on his balance sheet we're long island and considerable amount 250 million dollars is that anything to discard and throw way more than anything I expected them to buy. Yeah. And I forget exactly how many miners long Island blockchain bought, but this, I don't, I mean, this feels like a, like a, like a longer term strategy from like a legit longer term strategy where, all right, I'm going to hold Bitcoin on my balance sheet where long Island blockchain could have bought like a hundred miners, which would have been, 
negligible compared to the amount of market cap their stock grew by just off the news alone. Um, where buying 21,454 Bitcoin is considerable skin in the game. And uh, Okay, so Apple has $207 billion cash on hand, um, which is pretty much the market cap of Bitcoin. Uh, I'm asking you, Marty, today, August the 13th, 2020, when will Apple own some Bitcoin on their balance sheet? I would say by then in the next within the next five years. Wait, give me an over under, and I'll I'll pick over or under. Q beginning of Q three twenty twenty three. Ooh, that's a good line. Yeah. Right. See, this is the the barstool heritage, the barstool heritage. Would you say Q two twenty twenty three? And a Q two twenty twenty three, beginning of Q three twenty twenty three. So okay, I'm gonna go under. Ooh, that's a really good line. Yeah. Right, because it could be at. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go it under. It could be after a blow up top and prices have fallen down a little bit. Equal some. It will be after a blow off top. Yeah. Mm. The cycles are always the same. Yeah. It's the Bitcoin Zen. Believe in the cycles. You can't. You can only push this 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 bet if it happens on July thirtieth. Well, it's not a or bet. June, We're not June thirtieth. I'm not betting anymore. June thirtieth. This is a gentleman's bet. We're on the record. Like okay. it'll be a fun little clip to play in in 2023. Yeah. Or earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I would go under on that too. This stuff is going to happen much faster than people realize. You can't realize. go under. You pick the line. Why not? The line is your is your. I'm play. like thinking about pushing. I think it could happen that summer. Just thinking about how the like. <laughs> like it's going to happen on June 30th or July 1st. You get a 48 hour window. Let's hope this is some not Nostradamus type shit, and uh, we can all laugh at this in in three. three Maybe years. Tim Apple's listening right now, and he's like, "I'm going to fuck Marty." Tim. By pumping his bags. Tim, I'm uh, very flattered that you want to fuck me, but I'm going to decline the offer. Um, unless it is to pump Bitcoin bags. That joke fell flat. What, um... Yeah. Ha 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 ha. No, it'll be interesting to see uh, if... Uh, yeah, because you do make a good point, and this is like something I tried to make clear last week in the newsletter when writing about MicroStrategy's decision to put capital into Bitcoin. Is like if you look at their stock history and uh, talk to traders who have followed the company history going back to the dot com bubble, they've they've been known to make uh, moves that that are more meant to build a brand than actually do something. Uh, fundamental to company yeah, like strategy. No one, no one knew who this fucking company was, and they were just in headlines well, all. So over the point the I'm place. trying to make is, is like, even if they are a terrible company, and I don't know, they could be. Again, this is a company I hadn't heard about till last week. Does even like would a would a bad company's decision to do this like affect? Some uh, a company of yes. higher standard 
to think about it as well. Hence my Apple preposi- uh, proposition. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is that is that I I do think I think like Bitcoinization is going to happen like we see dollarization happen in failing economies. So basically what happens is we see individuals and individuals that run corporations uh, move into Bitcoin first. And and in, in the Venezuelas of the world, the Zimbabwe's of the world, the Ecuador's of the world, that's what you see happen. You see the individuals move in first and then governments, when they have no other option, they finally give in, right? Because they might as well exhaust all, all of their fucking options before they fucking do it. So I, I expect this to become the reality. I just, you know, the Bitcoin hive mind got super excited about it. And and literally, it got announced. MicroStrategy stock pumped, but Bitcoin dumped. Uh, just because of independent macro reasons, I would believe. I think it was the stimulus failing, but... It was, it was, it's just something to note. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Things can get crazier than, than we can even imagine. Uh, end of Q2, beginning of Q3, 2023. Somebody timestamp it, set a, set a reminder. We'll come back and see whether or not Apple has, has joined the fray of, of, corporations that have bitcoin on their balance sheet do we tim apple probably won't even do you think he'll still be ceo i hope not i think uh apple needs a a punch in the arm they haven't really innovated really i don't think they've innovated that much i mean they've been killing it i mean they've obviously been killing it i think they've gotten a bit complacent have they ever really innovated yeah have you ever owned an iphone or an ipod (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> yeah. I think they just were very good at polishing things, but I, I guess that's innovation. Yeah, I'm a salty no Apple coiner. That's a good distinction. Yeah. They they innovate at the UX level. They understand, uh, or at least they understood, um, the importance of of good aesthetics and design better than anybody when Steve Jobs was at the helm. I would argue. Because um, he understood that the the quality has to has to the or the aesthetic has to match the quality, and I would argue the quality has been depreciating. I think the the AirPod Pro product particularly highlights that. The AirPod Original is way better than the AirPod Pro. Hmm. I would I would say. In my personal. So opinion. Portnoy, we can't really. I uh, think we can't really but discuss. This him is not a podcast about Apple. Because. Uh, this is a pun. You just froze. I just I just spoke over you. No, you're good. You didn't speak over me. You, you didn't freeze at all. But we're transitioning to Whirlpool. Um, uh, our boy Bitcoin Q&A has a post-Whirlpool frequently asked questions. These are questions I've asked myself before. Because um, it is... Uh, oh, this guy's great. It is daunting. Uh, post-mix UTXO control. What do you do after you mix a Whirlpool? Um, what are best practices so you don't ruin the uh, on-chain privacy you just attempted to to create by going through Whirlpool. So this is a very, very thorough guide. Um, gets into all the questions. What do I do with my, t- my it's docs? It's as close you're going to get to complete. Yeah, so if you have questions like how it's long like does, does a mix take? How many mixes should I do? 
why am I getting many remixes? What do I do with my doxic change? Are you frozen? Am I frozen? No, I just kept speaking over you, so I decided that I was going to pop some bottles. Pop a bottle. Um, but I agree with you. You know, Bitcoin Q&A. Go follow him. Use his website. It's a complete guide. It's very useful. Um, we continue to get shit about recommending Whirlpool, but I, I do think... Um, Who's giving a shit? Is Mr. Hoddle still shitting? Yeah, just I, I, I think it's fantastic. You know, I, I is it perfect? No, not, not even close. Um, but uh, we need privacy, and we need user-friendly privacy. And watching this whirlpool unspent capacity go up is like the best thing ever. It's fantastic. So. Keep it up, and I, I think people like Bitcoin Q&A are a major reason for that because we, we need more guides like this. We need, we need more people answering their DMs and, and providing content. This is true. I had somebody asking Whirlpool questions yesterday. More, uh, more people are, are coming around to their need to increase privacy. It's good to see. But it only happens if it's, if it's made easy. I believe Samurai's doing that. As well as Wasabi. Like Wasabi gets a lot of shit. I'm not smart enough to talk about their post-mix and all that. Uh, but I can comment on the UX of the wallet. And uh, it's a good UX. It, makes it, it at least makes it easier from a usability perspective. Again, that can be debated whether or not they provide sufficient privacy. Um, but just commenting on the UX UI. It's a it's a nice wall to interact with. Marty keeps breaking up with me, and I think it's because he's using his VPN because I scarred him last week because he clicked a chain analysis link. Um, so that's kind of on me, but mostly on Marty. Um, Bisc v one point three point seven came out, and they made Marty friendly release notes. Did you see this, Marty? I did. I'm very very thankful. Uh, that Rip Curlix and team like made these uh, release notes very clean. There's a lot of links. There's delineation between stuff. So uh, you can see the updates in the DAO, uh, the UI, trading, the wallet, and the network levels. Um, so if you guys want to check it out, it's version 1.3.7. Uh, trying to look for major updates uh the big one is u.s postal orders so tweak pop-up text and trade rules for us pmo payment method yeah so trump's at war with the post office right now because of mail-in ballots so there's a lot of delays so it is the most private way to buy bitcoin on bisque so they need to they needed to update it to to handle the delays of that flow um yeah yeah it's uh trump affecting bisque development never thought you'd see the day but here we are i mean i thought i could see the day but i didn't think i'd see it in in via the post office ways like this yeah um Um, our boy ben the car man has updated his psbt toolkit uh which he released recently so version 0.1.1 a few freaks have checked that out and are helping Ben 
uh, build out this toolkit. Definitely go update to the latest version, give feedback, pull requests, review, whatever you can do to help. Uh, C Lightning version 0.9.0-1 has been released. Is this with the big Wombo channels? It's mostly bug fixes. Bug fixes. Yeah, largest pa- larger payments above 10,000 Toshis and now Pogos. Oh, that was a bug fix. Um, so nothing too crazy there. Uh, Not all Dojo and not a one version 0.1.1 D is live now and we will link to the tweet where not all announced that and it comes with ride the lightning L and D updates and, and the big, big thing for me yeah he updated all the packages but the big thing for me is that uh, Marty can't hear me right now the big thing for me is that it's it's beautiful. They made the the GUI look nicer. I like that color green that they have. It's very calm aesthetic. I officially took myself off my VPN, so I'm I'm raw dogging it right now, freaks. I cannot take. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, Fully noted. Added lightning. That's pretty boss. The best wallet on iPhone added lightning. There we go. See lightning. What else? They added other stuff with this too. Um, offline PSPs yeah, v- are now using core version 0.20.1. Sats are now the standard if you want them to be. Um, fix some bugs in the multi-sig creator. And just general improvements overall. Love it. Love to see it. Good job, Fontaine. And Christopher Allen. Shout out Christopher Allen, too. No, no, that's fully noted, too. Confusion. Massive confusion. What? They're not the same thing? No, two different... They're going to rename fully noted, too. Very confused. Very confused. I want them I want them to name fully noted, too. I, I want them to name it Citadel Wallet. One of them should be named Citadel Wallet. I actually think regular fully noted should probably be named Citadel Wallet, to be honest. Hey, Fontaine, if you're listening, think about it, you know. I don't know if you have any emotional attachment to fully noted. And that domain was already taken before I mentioned it. I do not own it. Citadel Wallet? Yeah. That's not trying to front run any company name changes here. Let's make that clear, okay? Well, I tried to buy it because I was going to give it to Fontaine. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't get it. So. Uh, if you do have a legend. There's no Citadel wallet, though, so. I bet it has something to do with something unrelated to Bitcoin. Um, Ledger Nano S and Nano well, that's X. That's the problem with all the SATS domains. All the SATS domains are SATs. Uh it's stupid test. Who knows? Maybe yeah, it's the, this dumbass fucking test. The American education system begins to crumble due to the impact of closing down the economy and therefore not letting children go back to school. We may see a downfall of the SATs. This what does that even stand for? The standard aptitude test that we were made. It stands for Satoshi's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe if schools don't reopen the brand name behind the SATs will, will diminish to a point where we could scoop up some of these domain names. 
be on the lookout for that, freaks. Also, be on the lookout. A little bit of hopium from Marty. Be on the lookout if you're running a Ledger Nano S or Nano X. The firmware for those versions has been updated. Um, so go check that. There, there has been um, a couple of uh, Ledger attacks released in the last few weeks, so I imagine these will help patch those nope. up. Unrelated. Unrelated. Th those got patched because they they released a new update for the Bitcoin firmware. The Bitcoin, uh, not th like the the Bitcoin app on the Ledger. Ah, uh, yes, right. yes, 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 yes. These are unrelated. Unrelated. But you should still update. It's a good update. Yes. This was interesting. I had to reach out to you over the weekend to make sure nothing was afoot, but the full data sheet for the secure chip that's used in the cold card Mark III was leaked, and some people were freaking out on Twitter, but it, it, it seems like the data sheets are pretty well known usually, but this one's just under NDA because of some IP stuff. No, no, no. So in the past, so first of all, secure elements are usually under NDAs um, because they believe in the opposite of open source philosophy. So they believe in, in security through obscurity and protecting um, their private interests in terms of profit margins by keeping as much of this closed as possible. Um, the reason cold card chose the company they chose and the previous secure element they chose for the mark one and the mark two was because it was one of the few companies that released a full data sheet which is basically like all the specifications for what that secure element does and is um since then uh i actually think like for the amount of volume cold card does they probably brought like way too much attention um to the secure element vendor, uh, microchip. Um, so, so like Ledger, like used a fucking laser beam to hack the last secure element, right? And I think, I don't know if it's related or not, but microchip freaked out, and their most recent new version, they didn't release the data sheet. They've always historically released the full data sheet. This time, they were like. You have to sign an NDA to see it. So first off, if any schmuck went and signed the NDA, they got this data sheet. This data sheet was already out there. Um, some NIM broke it and released this data sheet. So this is a positive thing for all cold card users, in my opinion. Um, it just brings us back in line with what we expected with the MK2, where not only did Rodolfo and Peter at CoinKite design their hardware wallet so we don't have to trust that secure element to begin with but we also have the full data sheet is out there and and they they can't comment on it because they're under nda but someone who is under nda has released this this data sheet it's out there freaks so you and it does seem like it's an old version of the data sheet but it's more full than what they released publicly so yeah. combined if you combine the two it's really nice to have yeah and if you freaks aren't following no bullshit Bitcoin, either in their Telegram group or on Twitter, you're missing out. This was, when was this dropped? Last Friday or something like that? Or maybe even earlier. It might have been this Monday. But you see it in this group before before people are talking about it on Twitter. What I like is that they have, they like 
uploaded the PDF to Telegram too. Yeah. You know, so like if this guy's site goes down, like they still have the archive is there in the in the group yeah. in the channel. Yeah. Great resource. They really no bullshit Bitcoin. I wonder if they took the line from the stat standard around with that. Um not accusing any anyone of anything here. Just just thinking out loud. Uh what else do we got here? Nigerians using Bitcoin. This is pretty interesting to skirt sort of banking regulations, uh, trying to buy goods from China. The story was by uh, Alyssa Hertig uh, from Coindesk and, and is basically explains how Nigerians are using Bitcoin for global trade. Uh, Have you met Alyssa? I can't say for certain that we met in person. I mean, I, I've definitely crossed paths with her She's in good Telegram people. groups and stuff like that. Coindesk has a few good people. She's one of them. Yeah. A few good men. Woman. Um, yeah, I, I was just making the reference. Yeah, a few good men, yeah. Was that the uh, Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson movie? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Jack so, Nicholas. Yeah. Nicholas or Nicholson? Nicholson. Nicholas is the golfer. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, more updates. Lily Multisig has a demo out now. Um, there's. A you see who that demo is with? It's with you. Yeah. It's with you, brother. He told me, he was like, I just want to run through uh, the beta release uh, with you. And then we like jumped on. It was like early morning. And he was like, I'm going to record this. I was like, okay. I was like, let's go. And it worked out. I, I said to him, I was like, look, dude, you know, if, if you have faith in your product, I'm just going to send you a PSBT and then I'm going to sign the PSBT. But it worked. And it's fucking dope. You know, you, you, you can use a cold card. The two things I gave him shit about uh, when he was on, when Kevin Mulcrone was on the, on the show, um, was the fact that you couldn't use a Trezor. Now he has both Trezor and Ledger support enabled. Um, and that you couldn't use the cold card in air gap mode. And we used it so air gapped that I was using my cold power over here air gapped. And then I sent him the signed file and he uploaded it um, through the interwebs. So that's, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty legit. The UX around multisig gets better. If you're looking for another demo for a multisig coordinator, Spectre released one as well. Uh, Huge. Seven minutes. Uh, DIY Bitcoin hardware posted that, and this this is a very very. S- well, that's him. That's Stepan's uh, account. Oh, it is. The maintainer. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Stefan. Oh, I thought you meant Stefan Levera. I was like, whoa. No, it's it's pronounced Stepan. I think. Oh, uh, Stepan. But maybe yes. Stepan Snigrev. Yes. I, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong. I apologize. I appreciate all the work you do. Yes. Um. So we'll obviously. But he's the chief maintainer, the lead maintainer of uh, Spectre, which is probably, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to make bets, the most promising multi-sig solution us mountain men have at our disposal in the next six months. Also, freaks, if you think me saying that we're six months away from self-sovereign multi-sig is a new thing, Someone called me out on Twitter. Apparently, six and a half months ago, I said we were six months away. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Six months, TM? We're not even two weeks, TM, now? 
Yeah, now we're six months TM. It's the conservative responsible TM. Yeah. Not conservative enough, it seems. <laughs> we're close. <laughs> five and a half, five and a half uh, months. We, five and a quarter months. Less than, like, I think we got four and three quarter months left. <laughs> I think we agreed that five months was last week. Um, and on September 13th, we'll be three and three quarter months away. And on that date, uh, the Mitt Gox team is having their sixth event. Um, and they like to get Bitcoiners together to uh, play games and win money via the Lightning Network. So uh, our good friend Andre Neves uh, and his team have been running this, I think, in conjunction with Lightning Labs. Is that correct? Um. I don't know if Lightning Labs is involved. Maybe. Yeah, but the if if you say so, the ZBD team is is behind this. Um, and so, if you guys want a game uh, and join this this event that'll be happening on September thirteenth, two p.m. Eastern. Where do you see Lightning Labs? I just remember. I think I just from memory. Um, but anyway, they're going to play a bunch of their games where you can win sats. Um, and, and we here at this podcast think that video games and sats are natural, natural matchmaking opportunity. They're, yeah. they're, they're, it's the future. Like uh, People will prefer games with sats in them. Believe, that is one of my best. Believe it or not, that's actually been one of my stronger orange pills these days is I'll do my party trick recently has been to i started after our conversation a couple of weeks ago of not updating our bitcoin bounty hunter uh ads i started doing it and i'll do it now and like people are asking me about bitcoin like out to dinner or drink and i'll show them how i buy ads on in this video game using bitcoin and that gets people's mind like whoa you can you can buy an advertisement in a video game for 25 cents i'm like yeah dude watch me what's even cooler is that the video gamers get paid sats without any kyc or anything yeah yeah, yeah that's like the second that's massive. the second layer of that it's like yeah and then this is helping fund players in that game make money it's like whoa 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 i will repeat we are very close to accomplishing our goal when a kid in the philippines is like buying his family dinner with the money he won camping killing killing me playing the video game poorly and he's like a 12 year old kid in the philippines like that that's that's like a that's like a bitcoin win threshold for me over under end of q2 beginning q3 2023 i think they're gonna front run tim apple but we'll see i would i would i would co-sign that as well i don't think uh do you think do you think Jeff Bezos owns Bitcoin? I'd be surprised if he doesn't. If you've got close to $100 billion, why not just throw throw a fart Bitcoin's way? He probably owns a little bit of Bitcoin. He's not I'd idiot. be surprised if he doesn't, honestly. Like, just anybody at that level, like, why not, even if you don't believe in it? Well, I think at that level, you're just like, would, uh, why would I care? Yeah. So it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost feel like the people right below the three comma club would be more likely <laughs> to 
three comma to buy Bitcoin because they want to be in the three commas. Right? Yeah, they see it as a way to to get there. Oh man! Oh, thank you for our next topic. I just opened the archive link. Thank you for using the archive link. I did not go. You're, see, I told you, I got I you. I took my VPN down. I put the archive link here because Marty clicked the chain analysis link last time, but the DOJ and chain analysis seized a bunch of terrorist Bitcoin and apparently other cryptocurrencies this week and previous weeks. Who knows? They announced it today. Yeah, and the wording in this announcement is they may be setting it up for FUD. It should not surprise anyone that our enemy enemies use modern technology, social media platforms, and cryptocurrency to facilitate their evil and violent agendas. Said Attorney General William P. Barr, the Department of Justice will employ all available resources to protect the lives and safety of American public from terrorist groups. We will prosecute their money laundering, terrorist financing, and violent illegal activities wherever we find them. And as announced today, we will seize the funds and the instrumentalities that provide a lifeline to their operations whenever possible. I want to blah, blah, blah. I want to thank terrorist networks have adapted to technology conducting complex financial transactions in the digital world including through cryptocurrencies irs slash ci special agents and the dc cybercrimes unit work diligently to unravel these financial networks and steve munchenbutt said that today's actions demonstrate our ongoing commitment to holding malign actors accountable for their crimes uh, so the department of justice the irs and the special investigators within our federal government are actively monitoring uh, blockchain usage, Bitcoin usage. So I posted this for three reasons. Um, a non-related reason, just, just unrelated is just before I get going, is that they were just amateur hours straight up here, completely amateur hour. Uh, they didn't really, I mean, According to Ergo, they, they had a a Coinbase account that was just signed up Al Qassam Brigades, which is which is the name of, of their terrorist organization. So they, they didn't try very hard. But for three reasons here. Um the the first thing is this is probably the first time I've ever been happy that they said cryptocurrency and not Bitcoin. They just <laughs> They decided to to label the whole space instead of just Bitcoin, so that's good to see. Um, the second thing is, this is exactly what I think the most logical attack from a state actor on Bitcoin will be, is them framing terrorism as a major use case of Bitcoin, and as a result go after Bitcoin for it. And to make that more real for you, um, I had a thought experiment that I posted last week that I forgot to bring up on last week's RHR that I wanted to bring up, which was if you were a sophisticated state actor and wanted to attack Bitcoin, how would you do it? And the CEO and co-founder of Elliptic, Tom Robinson, responded to that. And when he responded, he said basically this exact scenario. Create fake evidence of large-scale terrorist attack. 
terrorist fundraising in Bitcoin. No impact on the technology itself, but the regulatory knee-jerk reaction could lead to crackdowns on exchanges, reducing liquidity, and making it difficult for the average person to get hold of Bitcoin. I would take it even further. I mean, you could you could use that knee-jerk reaction to just try and make it illegal in your country um, and then go after holders, uh, people who hold, hold the Bitcoin and, and have done KYC. Um, coming from someone who runs a surveillance firm, it hits way harder. And, and in, in, the, in the realm of Twitter, this is part of the reason why I love Twitter and part of the reason why I hate Twitter is that his comment has only got three likes on it. That is a massive comment to come from a, a CEO of a, a founder of a surveillance firm in Bitcoin. Yeah, some posturing there. And I really like highlighting uh, the fact that they would like. So highlighting the fact that these quote unquote terrorists were sloppy with it. Like, is this just an easy straw man to set up? Like, they were so bad. With, you said they, they created a Coinbase account. Alcassan Brigades. <laughs> the username of the Coinbase account. So that, that says one or two things. Either these terroristic, terrorists are so dumb that we shouldn't be worried about their ability to, to enact anything. They're so dumb to set up an official account with Coinbase and think they won't get shut down. No, I think it doesn't matter that they got shut down. Like, it's, it's one thing charging them, a different thing enforcing it, right? Um, I also, I, the third thing was that it's only, it's less than $2 million. So you have to keep in mind these guys are, they're raising hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, it's very, very small fraction is, is in Bitcoin. So I, I don't think this is the false flag yet. When it's the false flag, you'll know it's the false flag. They're going to come in hard. If, if the false flag happens, there, there will be no mistaking it. We will be getting hit very fucking hard. It, it will be Bitcoin is terrorist money, and we will hear it from every fucking pulpit in America Well, at the same time. Does this transition to our last topic, which is the report from the U.S. Border Patrol? Uh, it doesn't really transition besides the fact that uh, the U.S. government is making it so we're the last country I would ever visit if I was a non-American. Or maybe not the last country, but I'd be low on the fucking list. Um, did you, have you seen I haven't this? read through the report yet. I've just seen the title. Okay, so they... they Retain the right if you're traveling into America, specifically if you're not an American citizen. I assume if you're an American citizen, they would have more trouble um, enacting this on you. Contacts, call logs, details, IP addresses used by the device, calendar events, GPS locations used by the device, emails, social media, cell site information, phone numbers, video and pictures, account information text and chat messages, financial accounts and transactions, location history, browser bookmarks, notes, network information, and task lists. You just say everything. Yeah, they, they, they're pretty much guaranteed. They're saying that if you come into America, they can scan your phone and your computer. 
and they can pull all this information with no issues, no uh, legal issues. You know, it has nothing to do with encryption or anything. Like they might not be able to, but this is uh, this is their right as as the customs and border protection unit. Yeah. God damn it. Um, I I think American citizens have some constitutional rights here. Hopefully. That that don't allow that to happen, but that's how this works, um, though. This is what the Patriot Act was. The Patriot Act targeted, quote unquote, yeah. foreign terrorists to begin with, and then that the abilities, uh, the authorities were able to to turn that act on American citizens slowly over time. Nineteen years later, that uh, the mechanisms which allowed the intelligence agents agencies to spy on quote-unquote terrorist has been applied to u.s citizens and it would be uh, naive to think that this same tactic won't be applied um in the same direction will not be followed with this particularly it's fucking disgusting and it's like it's what i wrote about in the bent this morning i've gotten so far away from first principles and so this morning in the bent if you freaks haven't read it yet or you don't read it at all and you're like, all right, what the fuck is the bent? <laughs> uh, I wrote, I, w- I watched a lecture actually in a channel, Jimmy Song, shout out Jimmy Song, shared a, a lecture f- from the Mises Institute uh, from Judge Andrew Napol, I can't pronounce his name for some reason. I've been trying to do it all day. Napolitano, Napol- um, whatever, a judge. Napoliotano. Napoliotano, thank you. Um, he gave a lecture at Auburn University earlier or a month ago on like the first principles of the theory of natural law, the natural law theory, and the philosophers who sort of laid the gr- groundwork for that, how it was expanded upon, how eventually the founding fathers uh, extended that theory of natural law and tried to codify it by creating the bill of rights constitution and the declaration of independence, not in that order, obviously. Uh, and in, like instances like this is department of Homeland security report and the laws that they're going to be able to enact really highlight just how far the United States government has gotten away from its original tent, which was to protect these, these natural rights and what, you just described Matt as a complete affront to the the thought of natural rights. And I think this is the shit that people think China does. They do do it. And they, they probably do, you know, they probably do. But like, we have this like on dhs.gov letterhead that we do this as well. It's happening. Freaks. We're frogs boiling in water. Wake the fuck up. You got to stand up for your rights. This is fucked up. Bitcoin. I'm not cool with this. And so to add to that point of the founding fathers, and we got to wrap up here because it's starting to pour on the back, on the back deck uh, studio. <laughs> but to build on that, it's getting rained like, on, and to tie this to like the sovereign individual theory, like 500 year super cycles, or just super cycles in general, fourth turning, whatever you want to call it. I think there's an argument to be made that the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, what our founding fathers did was the greatest extension of natural law theory and the in the attempt to implement that as best as humans can in the real world. Since then, uh, the strides that they made have only been eroded slowly over time by 
uh, slow entropy of freedom that was inevitable from the onset of the Republic. Like you're, you're only going to lose freedom as time goes on. And since then, nothing has really pushed humanity's ability to protect natural rights uh, forward better than Bitcoin. Bitcoin codifies that to a, an even larger extent where we have this network that's dependent on distributed consensus and it is much harder to erode the uh, the core ethos of natural rights that are written into the Bitcoin constitution, which is the source code. Uh, when you compare that to the constitution of the United States of America, it is far superior. And again, to loop it all together, I think a step function improvement on the implementation of the protection of natural rights for humanity. And we will, uh, we don't realize the implica implications of that right now at this current moment, but I think it'll be obvious in hindsight that Bitcoin is on par with the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and all that stuff. I mean, I, I think the Declaration of Independence and Constitution are fucking shit coins compared to Bitcoin. It's um, obvious because those are just words on paper. It's pretty hard to enforce that shit. But they were the best that that we uh, had at the time. Enforcement is built into Bitcoin, and see, I I I don't believe in relying on those old ass documents to protect my fucking rights, um, because as, as the case has been shown with exactly what CBP CBP is doing right now, um, is is that they don't fucking care. They don't care, and they will push it. And and if you have to fight them in court, that takes you five years and millions of dollars to fight them. They don't fucking care. They fucking won. It doesn't matter. Um, it's it's fucking bullshit, and people should realize that. Look, I fucking love this country, but we are headed down a horrible path. We've been headed down a horrible path, and people need to wake the fuck up, and they they need to care because if they don't care. No one's going to stop this shit. I completely agree. And again, Bitcoin is the step function improvement on the strides that the founding fathers made with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Fair. Yes, we cannot we cannot trust them anymore. Better than step function. They were the best they were the best we had at that given point in time and again, progress is being made. Bitcoin stands on the shoulders of natural law theory giants. Uh, like they should have invented Bitcoin back then. What were they thinking? They didn't. Have, they were still trying to figure out electricity. <laughs> uh, they were doing duels. And yeah, shit. They, uh, the car wasn't even an idea in anybody's mind at that point. <laughs> Why didn't they invent the car? What were they doing? Waste of time. Yeah, they had to set the foundations for Western civilization first. You know, it's a on a course correction. On a more positive note. Um, it looks like Rodolfo has convinced Charles uh, Guimet, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, the CTO of Ledger, um, to add PSBTs to Ledger. Um, he may have done that through a tweet that limited the reply function to only people he mentioned in the tweet, which I just want to be on the record and say that I'm completely against this Twitter feature, that I don't think that anyone <laughs> should use this Twitter feature. And if you use this feature, I will look down on you tremendously from my grandstanding high motherfucking horse. I, I don't I don't like I don't like the feature that allows you to only people who reply, only people you follow, all this fucking shit. Fuck you. This is shit corner mentality. I'm not cool with it. 
Ye been warned, freaks. Ye be warned. <laughs> Make sure you're not doing that. Should we tie it up with more, like, supply gate? Like, just imagine. Just imagine. Okay. I'd be such a good shit corner. So just imagine. You're a Ripple head, right? You love Ripple. You hold a huge bag of Ripple, XRP, the standard. You only follow Ripple guys, right? And you're in the middle of a 2017-style run. Let's call it 2021. You're in the middle of a 2021 run. And you post things that are pro XRP and you make it so only people that you follow are allowed to respond. It's going to it's going to be so bad. It it's going to be horrible. It, it it takes they could already do it by blocking people, but it makes it more it makes it way more easy for them. It's 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 like literally a feature that like sets up these bullshit echo chamber garbage fucking chill rooms. I agree. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it either. I look down upon people when I see that that weird little button. It's like learn more about yeah. hidden replies. Uh, yeah. No, it's more than this. They had the hidden replies, and now they have this. Who can respond? Reply. Yeah, Udi. Udi has used this to have like one-on-one conversations. Wait, he actually used it really well the first time, and he got like beta access too, so he got it away before everyone else. But still, like, fuck you, Udi. Hey, not cool. Hey, Matt. He had that one debate with Vitalik that was really good. That it was just them two, and no one else could respond. So what do we learn this week? Does nothing matter, or does anything matter? Everything matters, freaks. And that's where we're going to end it. Peace and love. Gamble stack sets. <laughs>